Hello and welcome back to series two of Is This Seat Taken? The podcast celebrating people who have many places to call home. We discuss what home means to different people and how that impacts culture, identity and finding our community wherever we are in the world. My guest today is Sky Ferguson. Sky is a PR coach working with female entrepreneurs to help them get themselves featured in the press so that they can grow their audience and become credible go-to experts in their industry. As a qualified coach, Sky also works with her clients to overcome all the mindset blocks that come with putting yourself out to such a big platform. I love speaking to Sky. She is a ray of sunshine. And so I really hope you enjoy this episode. You told me when you were telling me a bit about yourself and um, coming on the pod that you travelled a lot as a kid. Mm. How do you think that impacted you? Yeah, it's really interesting. So, I mean, I was incredibly lucky when I was four. My parents took me and my brother, who was two. I mean, they must have been mental, (laughs) but they took us traveling for a year. So I always say like my parents are kind of like secret hippies, like pretending to be professionals. So um, they're both journalists um, and but always kind of into the spiritual stuff. And yeah, when I was like four, um, we were living in Yorkshire and my dad um, got made redundant. Um, And so, yeah, they decided to take me and my brother traveling age two and four um, around the world. Um, And we stayed in uh, spiritual communities like everywhere across the world, which is really, really cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I remember quite a lot of it, like for, for being like such a young age. But I suppose you remember like big things. So maybe I kind of have more memories because there was a lot of change and stuff like that yeah Um, and that's a really key point in your development isn't it for they say that's when you start to be able to remember things Mm. and so Um, yeah I like just started school I think I went to school for a few months and then um got pulled out um but yeah in terms of like yeah what that kind of impact was I guess there's like the traveling thing but then also I suppose living in communities so just Mm. being surrounded by so many different people Um, also no matter where we were probably from all across the world as well and I love people like I love meeting new people like I know for some people the idea of like going into a room full of people they don't know would just be hell but Mm. I just love it like (laughs) I guess I'm like really nosy like but in I feel like in a good way maybe it's not a good way but like Mm. I genuinely just want to know everything about everyone like you could be telling me about your like auntie's best friend sister. I'm in. Like I'm <laughs> all in. I'm invested. Yeah, 100% committed. Yeah, I love that. I need to know. That's so um, cool because I imagine. I mean, if you're going into all these communities at four years old, your early experiences of being in big groups and meeting strangers sound like they were so positive that maybe. I mean, maybe there's a connection there that actually you got used to that kind of nomadic feeling of going and having to connect with people really quickly but in a kind of transient way and I suppose the the equivalent now is networking events and things that make people eye roll but (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally and I guess like yeah I mean who knows whether that's like something that's natural to me or um whether it's something that I learned but I think probably like change and new people aren't so scary to me mm-hmm. um and actually when you say about networking and stuff I um have kind of only in the last year started like set up my own business and working for myself and like obviously a huge part of that is like you've just got to go and meet people and actually 
you know, that's the bit I love and I feel quite lucky for that. I'm like, oh, I've kind of been networking my whole life, but I didn't really realise it was networking. I just thought it was like chatting to people and getting to know them. So, yeah, I guess it probably has like impacted everything. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess in a way I'm just so lucky that it's sort of like opened the idea of travel to me and that it was something that I wanted to pursue. I was probably already always encouraged to pursue it and yeah I guess that thing of like I we also moved a lot when I was little um like I went to lots of different schools and stuff um and so I guess that as well just means that like yeah those big changes don't feel quite as big I mean every time you do them it does feel really scary like I don't think it gets easier but it's like I'm open to the idea of it I guess yeah there's almost like a comfort in the discomfort of it it's like you know it's like, I've done this before, we can do it again, you know, and that's, that's a really powerful thing to kind of be taught that resilience so early on. Um, especially, you know, when you're living in 2020, you have to kind of get used to the idea of big seismic changes happening and just being able to roll with the punches. It's funny, yeah. I didn't realise you'd only been going for a year because you look so, your, your whole branding and everything looks so much more established than that. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, it's really cool. And it's great because I've only been fully freelance for a year as well. And um, I mean, what what a time to to make that leap, right? <laughs> totally, totally. Um, I feel like if, if we can survive this year, then, then we can survive the rest of our careers, you know? Definitely. And it is like, um, you know, someone was saying recently, it's like the biggest piece of like personal development work you'll ever do is setting up on your own because you are just kind of constantly living in that imposter syndrome. And you don't, I guess you don't have that validation of being like, well, you know, they hired me and I've got this contract and you that security of it. And so you're kind of, yeah, I guess you're always questioning things a bit more, but I definitely think it's like the highs are so high, like nothing else you'd ever get then the lows can be pretty low in the same way, but it's just, yeah, the buzz. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, um, it's definitely ups and downs constantly, um, which, is, which is awesome. And it sounds like if both of your parents were journalists and you did all that travelling, it sounds like they kind of set you up for the path that you're on now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was the only person in my family that ever had a nine to five job. All of my family are freelance creatives. Like my parents wow. were always freelance journalists. My sister's an actress. My brother freelance, like right from the start. He's a designer. So yeah, I was kind of just like, and I'm the oldest. So I think it was part <laughs> of me that was like, and I'm like very much an oldest sister, like bossy as hell <laughs> I want to be in charge of everything um but I think there was this thing like you know not that I was supporting anyone don't get me wrong but of this thing of like I should probably just do the safe thing like I'll just do the nine-to-five job um but yeah actually like after a while I was like I don't know like I kind of think I want in on this yeah <laughs> it does feel like a club Mm. I want to get in and get some of that freedom they all look like they're having loads of fun you're like can I just but it's it's coming up with um it's kind of getting enough behind you that you have that kind of firework to kick you into into what you want to be doing uh, in order to almost like jump over the first hurdle of imposter syndrome and be like well of course I can do this because I've done all of this other stuff before um, totally and I think like a big thing for me was like I had some coaching um, and talking about kind of working out what your values are and for me what came out really strongly is like 
my two biggest values are freedom and stability, which kind of makes no sense. <laughs> they completely clash with each other. But the whole time, all I'd been doing was going after the stability and I hadn't really allowed that freedom to come into it. Mm. Although I suppose in my career, but I suppose when I think about like my traveling and moving to different places, um, it makes so much sense. Like I'm never scared to make the big change or to move to the new country or to go to the place I've never met anyone. But like within that, I very quickly do want to establish like my home and my routine and make sure mm. that I know people and like that kind of thing. So looking back on like my travel experiences, that does make sense. And that's kind of, yeah, what pushed me to do my own thing a bit to be like, okay, I've really kept myself in some ways in this stability thing, especially around the career. Mm. Let me explore that freedom side a bit more. Gosh, that's so self-aware to know that you kind of want to anchor very quickly it's like I'll move and do all these things but then I just want to I want to anchor as well it's like the the contrast of that is so interesting and are there are there any kind of trips or places where you've been whether it was when you were really little or, or beyond that have been particularly transformative that you remember yeah so I've lived abroad quite a lot um and I've studied abroad, I've worked abroad, I've volunteered in different places at times. Um, and so I have done big trips, but I think probably like one of the most transformative was last year when I went traveling on my own, because even though I'd been to these places on my own, I kind of, there was some sense of like security in it in terms of I might be going for a job or I'd be going to study or I was going to volunteer on a particular program. So I knew, you know, that there would be sort of like something stable there would be people there but I'd never fe I felt like I'd never done that like solo travel thing mm. um and so and then my sister who's um she's like six years younger than me she went at the beginning um of 2019 and ended up traveling on her own and I was like well if she's done it right <laughs> I've got to do this now so so yeah I went um last year I my first freelance job was actually in Dubai um where I used to live so I went there and from there I went to Bali um, for two months um, and that was kind of when I started freelancing as well. So it, is qu it was quite a lot, I guess, of like mm. new going on. Um, but in a way that just felt like, yeah, something that was on my list that I kind of felt like I hadn't ticked off. Yeah, yeah. And Bali's, I mean, I, I've never been for any length of time, but I went for, for 10 days a few years ago and was really struck by the kind of digital nomad uh, community that's there so I, I did I was in Ubud and felt so at home so quickly I was like oh if this wasn't a holiday and I brought my laptop I was like I could be here for I can see how people just go and book a one-way ticket and see how it goes because there's just you're kind of caught by this amazing sort of expat-ish community um so yeah I'm a, I'm impressed that you managed to come back after two months <laughs> I think if I went I don't know if I'd come back <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. Like it's, it's a really interesting kind of way of life. And I suppose, you know, talking about that imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome in terms of like working for yourself um, to be like right at the start of that and then go into that was kind of like, I don't know, I guess it was like fake it to make it. And mm -hmm. just like the more that people ask you what you do, the more you drop that oh, well, I'm just trying to do this or thinking about doing that. And you just like get really brave and being like, this is what I do and like owning it and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's a really interesting way of life. And I think for me, like I said, I do like to 
I like the change of scene, but I do like to have that sort of stability and my own place that comes with it. So I think it was, it would be too transient for me. And like, yeah, too, too way too much of the freedom. Need to balance that back out. Sure, sure, sure. You need to like pull that in a bit. No, that makes sense. And, and you, you studied languages at university, didn't you? So did you study language with a view to going into PR or what brought you to do that at uni? Yeah, so actually that kind of came from another trip. So when before um, I went to uni, I took a year and travelled, like your classic kind of gap year thing. Um, And I had a place at Leeds to do um, English literature and Spanish. And the only reason I picked Spanish was because I loved my teacher was really good. And like, I, I just really enjoyed it. I was terrible at French. Like, I didn't think that particularly that I was a linguist, but I knew that I kind of enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was supposed to do that along with English and then being in South America, um, I kind of volunteered for a bit and like stayed with families and then was kind of forced to speak Spanish. And after a few months, I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Like it starts to become a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of opened my eyes a bit more to be like, you know, maybe languages is something that I'm good at or something that I want to do. Um, and I'm sure that it's all inspired by the fact that like, the more language I can speak, the more people that I can talk to. Basically. <laughs> yeah, you're just increasing um, your pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but so when I was kind of coming to the end of my trip, I met up with some of my friends and we were traveling and they were like, Sky, you've read about one book this whole time. Do you know if you study English at uni, you're going to have to read like a book a week? And then I was panicked and I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing English. I think I was doing it because I like talking and the class was just talking. I thought, you know, great. And suddenly I was like, I don't know if this is for me. So I came back and I was like, mum, I'm not going to uni. And my mum was like, yes, you are. And my mum is so liberal. She's never, she's probably never told me that I have to do something. Or if she has, I don't know, we've got over it. I've been able to do it anyway. Um, So yeah, she's, and I was like, oh, okay. So then I was like, hmm, maybe I want to change my choices. And I was really lucky that I had this place at Leeds because they just happened to have like the most languages I think of all the universities on offer so yeah so I couldn't do like French I mean I already told you I was terrible at it but I couldn't do like French or German or something because I didn't have the A-levels in it so I had to pick something new Um, and also on that trip I kind of got into my head that I would like to work for the foreign office I thought that would be quite a great job you could sort of travel around just meet more people Um, so yeah so I just spoke to a few people um, and yeah was kind of recommended like maybe Arabic or Chinese Um, and I don't know to, to be really honest with you there was no real kind of like anything behind the decision I think I just thought okay Arabic sounds cool like maybe I won't have to learn characters so maybe it will be a bit easier than Chinese to learn as like an English person so Arabic yeah like is in characters isn't it um it's no it's a different alphabet but mm. it's not characters and it's oh, also okay. phonetic so I mean it, obviously you have to learn the letters and each letter has about five forms but once you've got that yeah. you've kind of got your basis so sure, yeah like two weeks before I started uni I changed my course to Spanish and Arabic and then obviously in Freshers Week all anyone wants to ask is what you're studying and why and I didn't really know why so it's <laughs> a bit embarrassing but um yeah luckily I enjoyed it and it worked out for me and that again like opened even more opportunity to travel because then in my second year 
I went to Egypt and lived in Cairo for a year, which was really cool. And then spent a lot of my third year in Spain. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was quite random. Um, but it also like, I don't know, I'm very much like everything happens for a reason. And I can see so many things that have happened since then because of that. And I moved to Dubai after uni and I lived there for about five years um, and worked across the Middle East. And that would never have happened if I hadn't done the Arabic. So somehow it all kind of slotted into place. And it does. It's, you know, learning Arabic comes with kind of different locations you can visit, but also a totally different culture. I can imagine learning about like the history of Arabic and the etymology behind it must have been fascinating. And if, as, you, as someone who is curious and therefore I'm extending that to like culturally curious and interested in people, I can totally see how that would have worked. What, yeah. did, you, what did you find? Um, how did you find Dubai? I'm really um, intrigued by Dubai. I spent New Year there this year mm. and found it a very odd place. Um, but I've heard really mixed things. What was it like living there for five years? Yeah, so with Dubai, I guess come coming into it, I'd lived in Egypt for a year and that was a really, really different experience. And so I think Dubai is, it's this real kind of like mix of cultures and, you know, and people from all over the world, all parts of the Middle East, like all over the world as well. Um, and so I guess the first thing going into it is like you realise it's it doesn't always really feel like the Middle East, if that makes sense. It's, well, it, it is all quite man-made. It is this sort mm. of constructed place. Um, I think for me, I was really lucky in terms of the fact that I just met amazing people when I started. I started in this company where um, everyone was kind of the similar age and that kind of thing and everyone was quite new. So we were all kind of in it together um, and that was really great. And I think that's what kept me out there. Um, but in terms of Dubai itself, I mean, I stayed there for five years. I had amazing experiences like work-wise. It was great for me. Um, it's a lot small. It's a really small place actually. And it's kind of, and it's, there's a lot of money, I guess. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Mm -hmm. um, so in that sense, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously it also comes with this incredibly dark side to it um and on paper it's not something i think would i go back there i'm not sure that i would now um but kind of i'm also glad that i would ended up in the middle east just because i think with the arabic i'm not sure whether I would have kind of carried it on as much and it's mm. not that i always spoke it when i was there but you know i could read read the signs and I worked in PR so everything we did would get translated and you know there were Arabic newspapers around and that kind of thing so I liked it in the sense that I think I was exposed to that still um, mm. when potentially it could have been something that I just kind of maybe left behind a little bit after uni mm. um, but yeah I mean I had a really good experience but I also really recognized you know the other side to it and mm. it's it's an incredibly privileged life there's and there's no kind of way from hiding that and I guess mm. yeah I benefited from that and um you know I ha did have a positive experience there um but yeah and as, it's also kind of you do have people from yeah all over the world um mm. working together and that kind of thing which is really really cool yeah it, in it intrigues me for that reason I think um I, I find cities that are a little bit transient really interesting like I, I find a 
a similar thing about Los Angeles where people mm. don't you don't tend to meet people who are from Los Angeles in the same way you don't tend to meet people who are from Dubai they're just passing through or have some story of how they arrived there um, and that was what I found interesting about Dubai was wherever we went whoever you were talking to they would be from totally random parts of the world you know they all had a specific reason for being there and then would have a kind of exit plan you know it's like yeah we're going to be here for a few years and then go and um I just find that really interesting from a kind of social in like perspective I think Um, it's interesting in terms of like so meeting people in Dubai is so easy because everyone is you like everyone remembers what it's like to be new there so people are really kind of welcoming um that like made it for me anyway that was my experience and I found it quite easy to settle there um but then there's also that thing of people are always leaving so and you when you're kind of living abroad and away from all your family and like your friends that maybe you grew up with or who you've known for a long time like your friends in that place that you are you become I think you become closer a lot quicker because they become a bit like your family and like you know you need that to build that support system kind Mm. of from scratch so in that sense like I found it yeah really easy to meet people and to sort of like make you know close friends with people quite quickly Mm. but then you have the other side where everyone just leaves again and like every single year like people will leave and that I think that in the end for me I like was why I kind of got to the point where I was ready to go after five years because I was like so many of my really good friends had left and I'd met amazing new people but I was tired of that like even me (laughs) loves meeting new people I was like I kind of just want to be in one place where I know that people aren't going to leave and also you know that you can't settle there like you can't be there unless you have a job to have your visa so it's kind of yeah it's a funny place to like try and build a home in a way and I was quite young I was in my early 20s so it kind of wasn't didn't really mean the same thing to me but you know people if you're having kids there and stuff like and they're born there and they're going to school but actually you you can't stay there forever kind of whatever yeah. happens yeah I sp- there must be quite a lot of pressure around that like I'm, I'm thinking about the sort of emotional labor of that constant churning of people in your life um but also the pressure and reliance on that job and if if your whole thing is about freedom and stability actually it's almost like a false sense of stability that's created there because at any time if the job goes then your whole life is dependent on that job and that visa so yeah that's very true and also like there's not kind of like rules and regulations around employment and stuff in the same way so actually you're right it is quite a precarious situation to be in um because yeah any I guess anything could happen to your job at any point and then yeah you've really got that pressure to to find something else Mm. no it's 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 an it's such an interesting way of life and so based on everything that you've said I mean where are you based now you're obviously in the UK but where 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 is home to you yeah so right now I am at my mum's house in Bath locked down with the family (laughs) oh nice yeah so it's like it's funny so I came back in January from traveling um and this is yeah it's interesting like so my as I said like we moved a lot when I was little um and I was nine when we moved to Bath and I remember being like to my mum 
please can we just not move again like can we just stay here now so um and, my, and she did <laughs> I mean I hope she's not still you know holding on to that but <laughs> she's still here in the same house and so um it it's funny I guess this is like the most home um of anywhere for me um and it's always somewhere that I have come back to so like you know obviously after uni for a bit and then I moved to Dubai and then when I came back from Dubai I based myself here for a few months did a bit of traveling went to London came back went traveling came back so it's like my boomerang place that I always come back to mm-hmm. um and it's yeah if you said like where like where the concept of home like where's home I guess I would always think of this place but then at the same time it's like I don't feel really connected to the city I don't have that many friends that really still live here and coming back for short periods of time, I haven't met loads of people. So mm-hmm. it's like almost like this house is very much like the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's I mean, I'm yeah, I feel really grateful to be here now being locked down. Like mm-hmm. I would be terrible on my own. And if I'd gone back to London already, I'm not sure who if I necessarily would have been living with friends um, at this point. Mm-hmm. Because so, yeah, yeah, I'm really like this is kind of where I am in Mm. lockdown which I think yeah and I think that also like brings it into like focus in terms of like it makes I always think when I move somewhere like I think I always approach it in quite a transient way maybe I have some sort of like commitment phobia (laughs) committing to a place um but it has made me really think like okay if this happened again or you know if this happens in the future like where do I really want to be like who do I want to live with that kind of thing who do I need to be near to and that kind of thing, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it, it was it was um, it was obviously quite frightening at the start of lockdown, having essentially 24 hours notice to be like, right. And then you're going to be having to stay put for, you know, a, an unspecified amount of time. And I, I think the experience of that and kind of going, oh, God, because a bit like you, I have a kind of family home um down in Surrey and so part of me a very small part of me was like maybe I need to go and be with them just as a kind of because like my my grandmother lives down there as well and and she's kind of in the high risk category so I'm like do I just need to go and be with her or I mean I, I live with my partner in Oxford and so there was a part of me that was like where you know we've only been here for three years and I lived in that house for the rest of the time so there was a this funny thing that happened where it was like well, this is my home, of course it is, but also what, I don't know, there was a pull almost mm. just just to kind of catch myself and go, oh, but is is the family home still where I should be in this period of craziness? Um, and I think, you know, as you say, if people in London, I think a lot of people in house shares and so on actually made the choice to go back to family homes just because they they weren't sure so there is of course that situation where people end up being in central London in flats mm. on their own and I just cannot imagine what no I would be terrible on my own <laughs> I would be the worst but yeah so I've obviously got my mum and then um my sister like her flat fell through and then her work fell through so she ended up coming back um which I'm really grateful for because it's just a bit of change and like someone extra to hang out with and talk to. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That thing of like, it does like really bring it into focus of like where, like if I can't go anywhere, like where do I want to be? Mm. Um, And also I guess it's that like really classic millennial thing of like, you know, so I'm 32 and I'm like, well, you know, 
I'm at my mum's. Like, what does that mean? I, like, should I have, like, I should probably have my own home and like, I should probably know where that is. And, you know, all those kind of, I guess like those ideals of like, not even necessarily that they're like what you aspire to, but it's like what your parents did. And we live in such a different time, but you're like, all those shoulds that come in. Should I have this by now? Should I have that by now? Like, why don't I have my own home right now? But yeah, it's it, at least, yeah, it's nice. I think actually the lockdown for me, I felt like it took a tiny bit of pressure off to start with because I was like, okay, well, no one can expect big things <laughs> right now in terms of where I need to be. Like, I'm actually allowed to be at my mum's now. That's fine. Yeah, that's quite so nice. I mean, it's a perfect time for kind of existential crises, but at least you can have them in quite a contained way. <laughs> it's not like we can do anything rash at this point. You know, everyone has to stay put and deal with their own stuff. So, totally. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean with that. That's really funny. And are your mum and sister quite extroverted as well? Yeah. Well, yeah. My Well, my sister's an actress, but actually I kind of think because I'm quite an extrovert and probably, if I'm being honest, a little bit of a show off at times. <laughs> I think that I used to think that was maybe why she was. But actually, the more that I kind of learn about it for her, I think it's definitely more about the craft and the art. But she's still like, I mean, we're very similar um, with kind of loud, bubbly kind of mm -hmm. people. So, yeah. And I think that I think my mum is probably actually that kind of extroverted introvert so she definitely doesn't kind of love that attention or that sort of performing in the same way but then at the same time she was a reporter and a newsreader so she very much like had that position if that makes mm -hmm. sense but for her it was definitely much more about the journalism and the storytelling and that kind of thing rather than her wanting to be on the screen at all yeah um but yeah there's yeah I mean we are we are similar <laughs> you're all quite compatible I think that's the thing isn't it it's finding people to lock down with that you're really compatible with um totally because it's funny I'm very extroverted and I get all of my energy from talking to people and being around other people and it seems like you're quite similar to me but my partner is um a massive introvert like he's a very high functioning introvert so he's very good in social situations but he finds them exhausting and gets all of his energy from being on his own. And so neither of us kind of is really getting what we want from this arrangement, because normally I would be out the house, you know, doing my thing and then come back and then James can have the time on his own, you know? And so there have been some really funny moments where he's just sort of gone, um, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to go and I'm going to sit in the living room and I'm going to close the door. <laughs> I'm like, okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're at that point in lockdown. That's, that's fine. I think. Message received, loud yeah. and clear. <laughs> like anything goes at this point. It's, um, it's, it's funny. It has it's been so there. true. And I think, like you said about that kind of high functioning introvert or that extroverted introvert or whatever it is, like, I think that also must be really hard because it's like, like, because I always say to my mum, I was just thinking when you were talking, she's like, oh, I've got to go to this networking thing or I've got to do this. And I'm like, but you're so good at it. Like, it wouldn't mm -hmm. even cross my mind that you don't like actually love walking into that situation. Yeah. Um, and the energy thing is like, it's so true. Like I really do fit. It's quite a physical thing. Like when I've ha been out and seen my friends, however I feel before, I always feel, yeah, kind of like recharged. Yes. Yeah. It's that. And I think that's certainly what I'm missing the most. Like that feeling of, it doesn't even have to be anything big, even if it's just like going for a cup of tea or something and sitting outside a cafe with a bunch of friends and just 
putting the world to rights and that feeling of like you almost buzz afterwards because you've got so much energy totally um, and talking to introverts about that they're like are you mad <laughs> I just come home and like have a nana nap <laughs> <laughs> definitely and do you think um post lockdown obviously once the world is slightly back to normal um have you got any more plans for more traveling yeah so no like real plans right now I think yeah my next plan is like where is home gonna be next Mm -hmm. um but I think yeah I thought about like where I'd like to move but actually I think that probably London is where I want to be just because like that is where my friends are like and friends from all different places like friends that I've worked with in Dubai friends that I went to school with and that I've met on my travels like you know people kind of congregate there I guess in a way so I think that's yeah somewhere where I want to be and yeah it's interesting like there's something I don't know what it is but there's something about the UK where I never feel like totally settled here or there's not anywhere that like really sort of like I'm drawn to in terms of where I want to live and I'm not sure whether that is like a real thing almost or it's just that I'm so used to change and I'm so used to moving like I do enjoy it but is it is it also like a pattern is it like a habit like that Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think yeah London is where I want to be right now um and in terms of like moving abroad again I would love to but also like I don't really want to do that on my own like I'm I've done that a lot and I just feel like and I'm single right now and I don't want to make I don't think I want to make one of those huge moves again and be like I literally don't know anyone like um I've got to start from scratch with friendships like everything so yeah I think for now it's kind of like back to London but um always yeah always open to the next move always open to a bit of change and a bit of travel I love that and you know I think London is kind of the um like the place where the match is always struck for those things you know it's like if you're going to find your next adventure I think London's always a stepping stone um yeah I've never I've never lived in London proper but it's one thing I would love to do at some point because I've always sort of been in the suburbs and gone and I've always worked in London but never like lived in a flat share and got to know people that way and I, I just I find the whole idea very romantic yeah it feels I don't know I guess it kind of it definitely kind of is for you or if or it isn't but mm. I think if it is it kind of feels like this rite of passage in a way mm. that like, and especially like you said it's always somewhere where you end up going because you're always going to know people there and then you know once you work out how that tube works you feel pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> I mean I say that always had city mapper glued yeah. <laughs> probably missed a lot of beautiful landmarks on my way but still felt kind of cool because I lived there yeah yeah no that's it and it's like it's funny I always feel like I've had my cake and can eat it too because I'll you know one moment I'll be having a pint on a Soho pavement and then I'll you know go home to my leafy suburban homes (laughs) it's like you know I yeah I kind of feel like I'm cheating the system a little bit but I think you might be winning though because there (laughs) is something quite claustrophobic about it as well so actually to be able to kind of come in have the fun feel the buzz and then just like step out of that is really really nice but I think I always because I've always kind of gone to places quite far away I think in my mind as well though when I think about living abroad I often think about living somewhere you know, like the other side of the world, but actually my brother and his girlfriend moved to Barcelona a few years ago mm. and it's so beautiful there. And like, you just have this great life. And obviously 
you know, with Brexit, it's like a whole different thing. I don't know how that would work kind of, you know, for me, but actually that kind of, I went to spin to stay with them a few times and I'm like, oh, you don't have to go like really far. <laughs> you don't have to keep going thousands of miles. Like there's so many amazing places that you can kind of live if, yeah, if you want to. Yeah, I love that openness that you've got. That's just like, it could be here, it could be here. Like we're so lucky to be on Europe's doorstep. You know, it is, there are so many, you can go and find different cultures and you only have to travel for a couple of hours, you know, and there's not many places in the world where that's the case, you know. We're no, so it's so true. In that way. And um, also, I guess that kind of thing of like being so incredibly lucky to have a passport that just allows yeah. you to do that. Like, you know, to not really have to think about, can I go here? How long can I stay there? Um, mm. It's just, yeah, incredibly privileged, but yeah Amazing. and let's make the most of it while we still can <laughs> yeah exactly that's the other thing is who knows what that, what that's going to look like in even a year's Definitely. time um no oh i love that i love i love finishing on the note of the fact that home can be anywhere yeah isn't sky just the most gorgeous bundle of light i so loved speaking to her i loved hearing about the nuts and bolts of what being a digital nomad really kind of feels and looks like and her experience of traveling as a kid and her parents being hippies i just love her story and i love the way she communicates um, which of course makes perfect sense with her being all about pr and how to get women seen so if you want to get to know sky a bit better um, do join her facebook group we'll share all of these links in the show notes but do um, follow her Sky Ferguson on Instagram and she's on Facebook and she has a fantastic Facebook group that's all about getting seen in the press and it's particularly for female entrepreneurs. So do jump on that if it's, if you put yourself in that category. Um, thank you so much to Sky for spending time um, sitting down with me and talking for the pod. If you enjoyed this episode um, and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a review. It makes a big, big difference. And if you're not, shout about it on your socials or let me know that you enjoyed it because it really does mean the world every time that happens. Join us next time. Uh, There'll be a new pod going live next week and I will see you then.